0: what's up everybody welcome back to another episode of the four verse podcast uh in this episode we're going to be looking back at the games um for week seven and eight since we missed a week so thank you for tuning in let's get it finally uh, we missed a week um, you know the boys just got a little busy but we're back so uh, we got a bunch of recaps to give you I guess not a bunch but a few recaps to give you. Sid if you want to start us off um, give us just a rundown of the last two weeks of Georgia Tech football.
1: Yeah so uh, started out at Duke um, I guess that was October 9th uh, then we had a bye and then we had um, Virginia this past weekend so at Duke kind of one of those games where I talked about how bad they were um their offense like is it terrible I think they ranked like 12th in the country at the time in offensive production like they they have Mateo Durant which is their offense um they're gonna ride the hell out of him I think he had 46 carries in our game um dude looked beat by the end of the game we got off to a hot start I thought it was gonna be one of those games we just kind of put it away early but um then Jeff started turning the ball over, turned it over twice in a row, and we kind of had to battle back. We got behind. um, We really couldn't stop them for whatever reason. I think it was um, 24-27 going into the fourth quarter. I had to actually go to a wedding that day, so I kind of had just, you know, I was like, damn, we're about to lose to Duke, put it on the radio, and we got the ball back at the end of the game, and Jeff Jeff made some nice throws at the end of the game to, to win the game. So got out of there with a win, like we say on here, a uh, a ugly win is better than an ugly loss.
0: Yeah, I'm just I'm just realizing how similar that game and our game against Vanderbilt were. Yeah, because at it least really, Vanderbilt too... doesn't have like a top twenty running back in the country, though. Well, I mean, I'm just shut up, <laughs> Just shut up. <laughs> just in, in the, in the sense that our teams should have easily won those two games. Yeah. Uh, probably us easier than y'all. Cause like, like Sam had to mention Duke is definitely a better football team than Vanderbilt is, Which, but just like, something. just like jumping on them early. We did that to Vanderbilt too, kind of jumped on them. Um, and yeah. then just stalled out and then we had to fight back from behind, but I
1: mean, I'll go more into that. I just wanted to Yeah. Yeah. To we know. were, we were up 14-0 and, um, Got another stop, went to drive again, and Jeff threw a pick, and it just kind of went downhill from there. It was like a struggle. Um, finally, had some big plays with Jaw. I think that's when things finally started opening up for Jaw a little bit. Um, I think we're finally finding that rotational offensive line. So, like I said, we got out of there with an ugly win. You'll take it, moved to 500. The buy came at a good time. And then we went to Virginia. Um, going into that one, I mean, we didn't get to preview it, but. I was fully prepared for Brendan Armstrong to throw all over us and he did and more, it was worse than I thought it was going to be. Um, I mean, we came out there, got a stop, looked like, you know, we were getting good pressure on the quarterback and scored two drives in a row, um, up 14-0, actually 13-0, missed an extra point, had a chance to kind of put it, not put it away, but just keep, keep putting them down and, we were gonna go up. I think it was, yeah, 20 to nothing at one point. Jeff, again, turns the ball over. He's laid across the middle. They had a single high safety. I don't know why he made the throw. He did, he had to have seen that pre-snap, but um, he did, intercepted. So then that quickly is 13-7. And with their offense, when you get them a quick uh, uh, you give them those turnovers and an opportunity to get going, their offense doesn't need much. Um, our defense was terrible. After that first stop, um, I'm not sure we got to stop the rest of the night, to be honest with you. Uh, I'd be hard-pressed to, to find another situation in which we got to stop. Um, we held him to a couple of field goals, but um, Brendan pretty much had whatever time he wanted, and he was he was deliberate in his throws. He made some good throws, bunch of wide-open guys. Uh, we're just really soft on defense, and it's kind of sad. Like, um, free releases to the tight end. We're not even trying to jam them at the line and take them off their route. I mean, um, number 99 uh, was it Keontae Thompson? I think his name is. Um, he yeah they,
2: 99.
1: Yeah, they they line him up at receiver. They line him up at tight end. They line him up at running back and wildcat quarterback. They kind of use him wherever, and we just couldn't tackle the dude. Um, he's really tall, runs straight up, but for whatever reason, we couldn't cut him down. Um, part of it is we're super soft. Um, You got guys that are in this defense that have been in it for three, four years, and they're out there just, you know, arm tackling, trying to tackle the ball. Nobody's just out there being physical. And then Ace Ely probably had the worst game of any Power 5 linebacker um, this year. Uh, I know he's the third lowest graded linebacker um, in Power 5 football, and... Um, yeah, he's he's pretty bad. He had a really good game against Duke, but that's because Duke's a power running team, so he's going to grade out pretty high. He's he's decent with his run fits, but um, when it comes to passing lanes and um, just being in the right place at the right time, it just he he got abused against Virginia, and it was it was really bad. Him and Trey Swilling probably had the two worst games. Trey got toasted a number of times. Um, he's well, not- I mean.
2: Against Virginia, they have they have a whole receiving core full of dogs.
1: Yeah. Like,
2: so there's there's 62 players in Power Five that have 25 catches and 350 yards. Ohio State has three of those, 62. Virginia has five. And Lavelle Davis, arguably their best returning receiver, hasn't played all year.
1: Yeah, they got the Mac. They field, got dogs or uh, Wick. Um, yeah. That went up in Moss, Samari, <laughs> and Wesley Walker. Um, Wesley Walker had a really bad game. I thought he was our best. <laughs> I thought he was. A, yeah. Well, I mean, in years, in, in weeks past, he's been our best safety or, or in the nickel or best nickel. Uh, last Saturday, he was just flat out terrible. Um, Charlie kind of got picked on. Really, he's not a good fit for what he, he Charlie's good at, that offense against that that matchup. Um, still no key on white. He's warming up. He's dressing, but um didn't get any snaps didn't really have much of a pass rush I think Trey has to move to the nickel he's a terrible man coverage corner and I really don't get what's happened in 2019 he pretty much locked down Justin Ross against Clemson in the first game of the year in single man coverage I he had a game of six games or a string of six games where he was one of the highest graded corners in the country and people were talking about his draft stock now,
2: now, and that was when Justin Ross was that boy too.
1: Yeah, and I mean, he almost had a pick six. He was making plays, and it's just he's regressed. He's regressed. Wanyes regressed. Tariq's regressed. I mean, I don't really know what's going on in the back half of the defense. I know Jeff talked about today how they had a meeting and they're talking about he's seeing guys not trusting each other, so they're trying to do too much, like on the the fade route to to um, Trey getting beat. You could see him peeking at the flat, at the route in the flat, making sure that Wanya was going to take it. And when he makes that peak, that route, that um, receiver hits the route straight up, and he gets beat. I mean, you can't worry be worrying about other guys doing their job, but they're they're doing it because apparently guys aren't aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. So, um, that's a big issue. I don't really know where we go from here from here on defense because 600 plus yards. I mean, if we we put up 570, 40 points and lost by eight. I mean. That's tough. I would love so, to
0: put up 40 points.
1: Yeah, I mean, I really don't have – I don't I don't have much to complain about. I'm not talking about the offense much because, I mean, other than Jeff's pick, everything else was good. I mean, Virginia doesn't have a good defense. Yeah, I get it. But um, our offensive line, best game they've had this year. Um, we moved Ryan Johnson to right tackle because we've had injuries. And, honestly, maybe we've been playing him in the wrong spot. He was not good at left guard, but he's been – Really good at right tackle. Um Devin Conklin that's, that's such an
2: interesting thing to me. It's how offensive linemen, you you would assume that they're almost interchangeable. Obviously, moving from like right tackle to left tackle, the footwork is a lot different. But I mean you would say you you would assume that it's pretty much the same position. But it's right, it never works that way.
1: No, it doesn't. No. And I mean he came in it's as strange. a strange he came in as a guard <laughs> and he was a really good guard for us last year. This year has been not good. Um And then he moves to tackle for the past two games and has graded out the highest he's graded out all year. Um, He's had the best – he had a really good game Saturday. Pass protection was fine. Jeff, for the most part, was going through reads, hitting guys. Um, We were moving the ball at will. Uh, One mistake, so I guess you can kind of say we blinked first when it comes to that that shootout style game. And once you get behind like that, your defense isn't going to be able to get a stop, and it really just – Kinda put us put us behind from the get go. So I mean I was it was it was interesting to see us get two onside kicks in a row. We're three for three on the last onside kicks. Uh I don't not sure what Jude Kelly's got going on there with the onside kicks, but isn't he five uh, for
2: his last five on onsides? Yeah. Or four for his last five? Something ridiculous.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think he, I think he's five for his last five, but I'm talking in the past couple weeks, it's three for the last three. So um, yeah, I'm not sure. That's how crazy. He's, not sure how he's doing it. Um, but Never kick off ever again.
0: Yeah, for well, real.
1: And then we lined up for an onside kick early in the fourth quarter, and he kicked it down to the five over their head, and we nailed him down at the four-yard line. I mean, it stopped perfectly on the four-yard line. The guy went late on the ball. You you pin them down at the four, and then the defense just comes out there and lets them drive it right down the field. And that was a one-score game at the time. so. You know, I've often
2: wondered why teams don't do that. Line up in an onside, let let them bring all their coverage unit up to the front, and then just like squib that joker like down to the twenty, and and let them try and I mean, That's ex- the odds of them getting back to the twenty five are extremely low, and That's the a- odds that they have the wherewithal to like take a knee or like, you know, not touch it is almost zero.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was it was a great kick. I mean, it bounced at like the six and stopped at the four. Like, I don't know how we did it, but. Again, you're thinking, okay, one score game, we got them down at the four, we're about to get a stop right here, and they take it right down the field. Um, I think Virginia was trying to run the clock out at one point in the game, and we couldn't stop.
2: (laughs) Can't stop, won't stop.
1: Yeah, and it it almost came back to bite them because we ended up getting the ball back and had a chance to go tie the game. So um, I know I've kind of rambled on that, but. Frustrating. Uh, Jaw had his best game. Had over uh, 130 yards. Uh, had over 150 all-purpose. Um, one long of like 76 yards, where he hit one one cut and he was out. So uh, happy to see that, but yeah, frustrating. I
2: would I would do I would do unspeakable things for Robert and I, Virginia's offensive coordinator, to like come call plays for us. <laughs> or design plays for us.
1: I mean, if you watch a lot of his, like if you break down the film, a lot of their concepts are, are really, really creative and like really uh, extremely.
2: Like he, the way just... that they mix personnel and the way that they move guys around, it's it's yeah. pretty it's pretty taxing on a defense just to figure out who the hell is on the field and where they're lined up at. Yeah, and then you and then you realize you have a quarterback that's really damn good.
1: Yeah, I mean he he zips it around there. It's kind of cr- I got. I don't know. He was kind of hobbled. Um, he had a bad knee, but he still toted that bitch for 99 yards against us. I mean, we couldn't stop that either. So I, I mean, yeah, that's a tough, tough defense to match up. I mean, tough offense to match up against, but still, I mean, you can't give up six fifty 48 points like that, but I don't know. Yeah. It happens. Well, yeah. It happens. Went for the bend, but don't break defense. And we broke. <laughs> a lot. Mm, yeah, you know what well, happens. <laughs> bent a little too much.
0: Well, I guess I can uh, I can hop into the whirlwind that's South Carolina football right now. <laughs> um, last week played Vanderbilt. It's a game uh, I think we're we're about nineteen point favorites coming in. Um, it's at home. You know, everything stacks up for it to be a, a dominating performance for South Carolina, and it was not. Uh, we kind of, like I was talking to Sid about, we, we, you know, we jumped on them early. We went up 14-3. Um, you know, our, our backup D-end, Jordan Strawn from Georgia State, leaped up, got an interception, returned it back onto their side of the field, about the third-yard line, and then we just couldn't get anything going for the rest of the game until the last minute pretty much. Um, I don't know. I don't even know what shout to say. Yeah, yeah. I guess we got to shout out old Zeb coming in there and um, shredding that Vandy prevent defense. I don't know why they were they kept doing it, but I'm thankful that they did. But, yeah, I mean, we, we jumped on them, and then we just started turning the ball over. We're fumbling. Uh, Luke Duddy threw two picks, um, two picks in a row, and, and, you know, we had to fight back at the very end of the game, to beat a very bad Vanderbilt team. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's there's not a whole lot to say about that. Luke Doty ended up being injured, um, you know, got surgery. So he's out for the year. Uh, so then going into Texas A&M, it was Zeb time again. Um, which excited some fans because of what he did against Vanderbilt. But obviously it's Vanderbilt and they're running a prevent defense. Um, And, I mean, we already saw what Zeb Nolan was in the first two weeks of the year. Uh, So Texas A&M was ugly, uh, to say the least. I think, I mean, Texas Texas A&M's D-line just lived in the backfield all game. Um, I sent y'all that Snapchat earlier of Zeb Nolan getting sandwiched and just going to sleep for a second. It was just it was that all night.
1: Bro, that had me dead. He just throws his <laughs> hands about he's like out.
0: Yeah, he was he was done. Um, but yeah, I mean that was it all night. They returned to punt early in the game and they just they kept their foot on the gas. Uh they just chipped at chipped at us on defense with with running the ball. They've got two good running backs and Isaiah Spiller and and um a Cheney or I I forget how you how you pronounce his name, but
2: yeah, Achain, I think. Yeah,
0: Achain. Yeah. Um, both those guys had really good games. They kind of they just chipped away at us with the run and then would hit us deep. Uh they could pick and choose their shots and and that's you know, that's what Jimbo does to you. Um But you know, I'm really not super upset with the defense because they're they're just on the field constantly because our offense just go three and out. I mean. After three-quarters of play, we had, I think, 15 yards of of total offense, um, which is just unacceptable, I think. I mean, we had 11 yards after at at halftime, and that was the lowest by an SEC team ever. Um, So, I don't know. It's just unacceptable. The line, the offensive line just continues to not be able to block. I don't understand where where the confusion is. but Texas A&M's D-line D just lived in the backfield. We couldn't get more than 15 yards until, you know, they started putting their backups in on defense. Um, just a completely dominating, game, dominated game um, by Texas A&M. I don't know what else there's to say. But I guess, you know, Zeb Nolan's now hurt. He had surgery for a torn meniscus. So now we're on quarterback number three. Um, Jason Brown, he came in at the end of the game. He looked fine. Um, He's more of a, a a gunslinger type of guy like he's he'll he's not afraid to throw it, but he's going to throw some throw some picks. He's going to make some mistakes. That's kind of what the the coaching staff has said about him that, um, you know, he's he's got some talent, but he he sometimes isn't super careful with the ball. So we'll see where that takes us. But um came in through one touch maybe
2: good sometimes maybe
0: shit that's how it is I mean he came in through one touchdown through two picks one of the picks was just it was bobbled up into the air like four times by Zaquandre White and then uh, the Texas a and defender just came and took it from him but um yeah I mean it's just I don't know at this point I don't know what you do with offense um I think you just you just tear it down to its bare bones um and just see, just figure out a few plays that you can run with with some sort of confidence and with some sort of – some sort of positive result and just do that. Because, you know, it's eight weeks in and and we still don't have an identity on offense at all. Uh, We can't run the ball. We can't throw the ball. um, So. Same. I don't really know where you go from here, but uh, that was a super ugly game. And the score doesn't even necessarily show how bad the game was. Uh, it, it probably should have been much worse, but it is what it is. You know What was you, the final? 44-14. Um, hey, that's two touchdowns. But, you know, you take it off your chest and you move on to next week. See what we got. Um, well, I guess not next week because bye week, so hopefully that won't beat us, but just keep on going. But, yeah, that's all I
1: got.
2: Okay. So, um, I guess for the week we missed, um, we played Syracuse on a Friday night, which brings back awful memories of 2017 when we go up there and Kelly Bryant gets a concussion and we, you know, forget how to stop Eric Dungy. Um So, yeah, especially going in there with a team that's, frankly, not very good, um, very unnerving. But, you know, an ugly win is a win nonetheless. So the fact that we won 17-14 um, was nice. You know, we had 14 points at halftime. And then in the second half, pretty much when, uh, when I, don't even, I don't even know what to say at this point. I think we just went back to what we normally do, which is nothing. Um, you know, we we have this thing lately where we run the ball really well in the first half. And then we just totally abandoned it. You know, this past week against, you know, Pitt, you know, you're down by, you're down by 17 midway through the third quarter. Like, I get it. You got to go into two-minute offense. But very, very just frustrating. Um, but I'll talk about that more. So, and I want to preface this. Y'all are about to think I'm absolutely insane when I say this. But the lead-up to this game against Pitt felt eerily similar to going into the national championship against LSU. And I'll tell you why. So, there's not many times that I can remember as a Clemson fan feeling like, you know, you hope you you can win, and there are scenarios you can make up in your mind where it's possible for you to win the football game, but just knowing logically that the matchup ain't pretty, you know what I mean? And I feel I mean, like yeah, for that's, LSU, that's was,
0: every game for us.
2: <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. This is this is uncharted territory for me a little bit. So. I really felt like Pitt was going to beat us by 20. I really did. And the fact that they only beat us by 10, looking back at it now, the score looks a lot better than the game felt in the second half. Um, So, but, again, I feel like Pitt is just a great value LSU from 2019. And here's why. You have Kenny Pickett, who's been in college since, like, 2009. He's a sixth year. He's been their starting quarterback. This is what the fourth he's got four and a half seasons being a starting quarterback power five. He was um,
1: playing in games in 2016.
2: Yeah, I know. I know he's been their starter full time since 2018. So this is at least <laughs> his fourth full season starting. And I'm pretty sure he split time in 17. So I, you got small. hands. Five, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He double gloved up. That boy's out there. But. But he does things that remind me of Joe Burrow, and that's that sounds very strange to say, but he's really good. He's and I think it's more so just the fact that he's he's seen it all at this point. I mean, again, he's he's been he's been quarterback for Pitt since since Marino left, so <laughs> he should be good. But it's kind of like you have you have this really experienced quarterback in a system that's run by a former. NFL offensive coordinator obviously Joe Brady wasn't a former coordinator I think he was just some guy at the Saints or whatever but you know Pitt has a former NFL offensive coordinator yeah
0: he was a passing game coordinator
2: okay so yeah a former NFL offensive coordinator former NFL play caller so you got a you got a a 30 year old quarterback in an NFL system <laughs> and you surround him with skilled players that are versatile and can win one-on-one matchups it's it leads to a very efficient offense. I'm not saying that Taysier Mack and Jordan Addison are Jordan Jefferson and Jamar Chase. That's not the point I'm trying to make. But when you look at it, there are similarities between them.
1: I think it's easy to say they have the best receiving core in, in, in the ACC.
2: Maybe Virginia, just with depth. But I think I think Jordan Addison is probably the best one in the ACC. Yeah. He's, he's that dude. If he wants to get open, he's open. And Kenny Piggy can deliver it. So, but with that said, I feel like the game played out very similar to that LSU game. I don't know if y'all remember, but for the first, really for the entire first quarter, LSU couldn't move the ball on us. But offensively, we never got in the rhythm enough to capitalize on that window of opportunity. So for Pitt, on Saturday, their first five drives went like this. Their first drive, three and out. They go backwards a yard. Second drive, three and out. They gained six yards. Their third drive, they go nine plays for 22 yards and punt. Their fourth drive, they go five plays, 40 yards. Nolan Turner catches Lucas Kroll across the middle, punches the ball out, fumble, we get the ball back. Their fifth drive, they go five plays for 43 yards and punt. They got the ball with seven minutes and 33 seconds left left in the first half without scoring a point. We had an entire quarter and a half to take advantage of the fact that our defensive plan coming in was really freaking good. I mean, obviously they make adjustments and, you know, they found some matchups one-on-one at the end of the first half, but we played a quarter and a half of outstanding defense. And I think what's so frustrating about that is not the, because obviously I don't expect our offense to do a ton, but the fact that there were opportunities there and we didn't make the plays. Cuz lately it's been the fact that we can't even get ourselves an opportunity to be to be successful. And then this past week, the plays were there. We just didn't make them, period. So, specifically, there's two that come back to Grease Lightning, a.k.a. Will Shipley. Bless his heart. I think he's going to be a great player, but I'm, I'm going to pick on him a little bit here. <laughs> and it's because – so, here's, here's the thing. You know, our second drive ended with an interception. It's a horrible throw. It's a horrible decision. And I'm not going to talk about that because, frankly – DJ's got so many people coming for his neck that I'm, I'm one of them, but I'm not going to say it here. I'm not going to come out and be that guy because I don't have <laughs> enough time to criticize our quarterback play right now. So three plays prior to that interception. Um, we run a power play. Our right guard pulls, does an excellent job kicking out. Our left guard absolutely demolishes their defensive tackle. Our left tackle, Jordan McFadden, gets up on the linebacker. There is a dump truck-sized hole through the left side of the offensive line. And Will Shipley, I'm being conservative here. Anybody that has a scholarship to play D1 football would have scored a touchdown on that play. (laughs) On second and eight from the pit 46, conservatively, it's an easy walk-in touchdown. All he's got to do is run. But instead, the grass trips him up, and it's an eight-yard gain and a first down. That's all. Three plays later, we turn the ball over. So that could have been been seven-nothing. The next drive, we put together a nice drive, uh, most of it with a a Joe-A-Joe on a 36-yard catch. You know, we go eight plays, 80 yards, and score to go up seven-nothing. could have been 14-nothing. Then, this and this one might be even worse, the fact that we finally scheme up something, the fact that we finally put a playmaker in a one-on-one position and he doesn't make the play, you know? Um, So this is on our fifth drive. It's first down from our own 38-yard line. Will Shipley – out of the backfield, angle route. He's on their same linebacker. This is a zero coverage. They're bringing five guys. We have five guys in a route, and they've got five guys coming. Their middle linebacker, Sebastian Dennis, is the extra blitzer. So it's five on five blocking, five on five in coverage. There's no safety help. Will Shipley dusts this guy. He's got a step and a half, two steps on him. And DJ puts what is probably the most accurate pass of the season on him. And instead of catching it with his hands, Will Shipley catches it with his face mask, and it bounces off.
0: That, one, that's, again, that one's tough to watch. It was tough to watch.
2: <laughs> again, conservatively, if you're on scholarship to play D1 football, you catch that and you score easily. Yeah. So, again, not to not to harp on, you know, missed chances, but we could have been up 21 to nothing before Pitt ever scored any points. So that's, that's frustrating when you look back on it um, because – then the onslaught really happened. And and I know y'all probably heard me talk about this before, the middle eight. This is something that Davis, when he talks about consistently, the last four minutes of the first half, the opening four minutes of the second half. You know, especially if you, if you receive the kick in the second half, depending on what you do in that middle four, you can double up without the other team ever getting the ball. So instead of, you know, us winning the middle eight, we got absolutely dominated. So it's – it's one of those things, like I said, Pitt gets the ball with seven and a half minutes left in the first half. And after going five drives and doing nothing, uh, they get the ball in their own 10 yard line and go 13 plays for 90 yards. Uh, just a casual four or four on third down. So we couldn't get off the field. Um, and then so they scored tie it up. You get you get Jordan Addison running a corner route on Nolan Turner one on one. And that's not good. Kenny Pickett rolls out to his right, throws an absolute dime on the run. Just, uh, just not ideal for sure. Um, but then we come back out on offense, and Tony Elliott decides, well, we have Trevor Lawrence at quarterback, so let's be aggressive here. And DJ proceeds to go 0 for three. We take about I don't know 18 seconds off the clock, punt it back to him. So now they have, uh, <clears throat> you know, two minutes and 46 seconds left, ball in their own 24. On second and 18, uh, Baylor Inspector decides he's going to be dog the bounty hunter and try and kill their running back when he drops the pass. So that's a free 15 in a first down. Um, and then, you know, we honestly did a good job. They got to um, – I don't know where they were on the field. I um, guess where they? Okay, they're on our 39-yard line on third down. We do a good job of getting picket pick it out of the pocket. He has to throw it away. So instead of lining up for a long field goal, um, obviously they go for it. And they somehow, after the drive before, they get Nolan Turner matched up on their best player. Somehow their second best receiver, Tazir Mack, who's also very good, we get him lined up man-to-man on a true fresh of Barrett Carter who really hasn't played except for the past three weeks in like spot duty. as like a hybrid linebacker nickel. And he gets absolutely dusted. So it's 14-7, just like that. Um, and from there, to be honest with you, the game was not looking good. And then we come out. First drive of the second half, we get the ball, a chance to go down. And uh, DJ runs a quarterback draw, fumbles. Three pit players have a chance to get it, but somehow they don't. We recover the fumble. We've had like 35 fumbles and only lost like two or three. It's remarkable. Our season could be so much worse if, if other teams just recovered all the fumbles we tried to give them. It's crazy. But, um, you know, not to be outdone, three plays, or what is this? Uh, four plays later, DJ runs a uh, – we run a little shovel pass that, you know, when it's Travis and Trevor, it's probably a first down. When it's DJ, he pitches it right to the middle linebacker who sees it coming a mile away, and he puts it right in this chest. Arguably the most accurate pass he's made all season, just to the wrong color jersey. And Servatier-Dennis <laughs> uh, takes off for 50 yards on a pick six. And at that point, it's 21-7. The game is over, but like I said, we could we could have had 21 points at that time. So it, at that point, Pitt really just uh just went into the sort. I mean, they had a couple more drives where they ended up kicking field goals. Their their kicker had like one attempt the entire season, and he's out there busting like 45 yarders on us. So I mean, when it rains, it pours. Um, but again, like I talked about with the brief recap of Syracuse. At halftime of this game, we were averaging 5.9 a carry. But in the second half, we – obviously, we pull DJ. DJ comes back in and runs a two-minute drive. Um, you know, beginning of the fourth quarter, we score a touchdown. He actually had a pretty good drive. And uh, and then Pitt gets the ball at about eight minutes left, and they just go on a freaking death march. We can't get them off the field on the third down. And, uh, and they run out the clock. So, really – you know, not that not that we were going to come back from 10 points with, you know, getting the ball back with five minutes left. But the fact that we couldn't even give ourselves the chance to make it a one score game kind of kind of sucks. Um, but, you know, our three running backs, we have three running backs that throughout the course of the last few weeks have proven that they're they're pretty good. And the fact that we don't lean on them and we I mean, we're calling plays like we still have Trevor Lawrence. We're, <laughs> we're running 30, 35 pass plays a game. And I just don't understand it. You've got three running backs you can switch out at any given time. And all of them can give you five, six, seven yards consistently. And we're blocking a little bit better of late. So the fact that we just completely abandoned the run in this game, I understand it just because of game flow. But, you know, before, you know, we threw a touchdown to the other team. I mean, we were in it and we weren't running the ball. It's very frustrating to watch us do it. Um, so hopefully moving forward, we'll see, it would behoove us to, uh, to get our best players the ball and not throw wide receiver screens that consistently lose the yard. Um, and another thing that has, has really, I think it's, I think it's been more of an issue in the losses than anything, but third downs on both sides of the ball, it's a problem. It's the most important down in football, and there's a reason. So Clemson in this game, was four of 11 on third down. Pitt was 10 of 19. Obviously, they had one scoring drive where they went four of four, and then that last uh, drive of the fourth quarter, I think they were two for two or two for three, something like that. Um, maybe three for three. I don't know. But basically, when Pitt got in the groove, they were not getting off the field, and we couldn't stop them. We had stupid penalties, stuff to just give them extra yards, uh, but really frustrating. So, I mean, if you take out South Carolina State on the season – We're 28 of 82 on third down offensively. So we're 34% converting, basically one out of every three. Not great, not great at all. Um, Our defense is allowing, uh, if you take out South Carolina State, our defense has allowed 41 of 100 third downs. 41% defensively, that's not very good. Um, So the fact that other teams are converting at a considerably higher clip than we are is concerning. In the three games we've lost, Georgia was 7 of 15, NC State was 11 of 21, obviously Pitt 10 of 19. So in the losses, we're allowing 50% of third downs, 50.9, so 51%. 28 of 55 have been converted. Um, So that's – I know we have just a ton of injuries. I'm not even going to get into all that. But, you know, we're down and out right now on the fact that we can't – we can't keep drives alive on offense and can't get off the field on defense – it's a recipe for disaster. So hopefully, hopefully those numbers will will swing more in our favor over the last few games of the season. But it's just, it's just rough. Again, I, I mean, I feel like Pitt beat us by forty points. Yeah, but they only won by ten. So it, I think it could is, have been way worse. Our defense only gave relatively up
1: twenty. Uncharted territory for y'all recently. So I mean, yeah. I understand that for that feeling.
2: Yeah, it's it's just frustrating to watch right now.
0: But a bunch of a bunch of, di- a bunch of depressing uh recaps there for the 3 teams. <laughs> yeah. 3 3 struggling football teams.